Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Dell challenges the status quo, questions everything, and empowers you to return to your core beliefs to make your life better. If you're ready to hear the truth and get your roadmap to the lifestyle you really want, the next hour will change your life. And now your host, self-made millionaire, national award-winning investor of the year, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Del Wamsley. Welcome to the Del Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Del Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. Today, my friends, I'm going to hit the mailbag, but before we do, the first mail that came to me was just someone sending me an article saying, hey, what do you think of this? So, I'm going to read this to you, and, and we'll cover it, and then we'll come back and try to figure out what the heck's really going on here, because it's pretty interesting. About a week ago, there was a listing on Zillow for a 3,500-square-foot colonial home that was in bad repair for $850,000. Now, the Zillow's comparable market analysis report on the property pulled up five other properties in the area. This sold anywhere from 700000 to $1 million, but this one was recommended it was probably worth somewhere between seven hundred and eight hundred thousand. And the listing specifically said in the listing that the property had $25,000 worth of damage, known damage, and repairs needed to be repaired. Going on from there, it also said this property is sold as is, where is, with no inspections of the property. And you're getting at least one person living in the basement of the property, and maybe more than one. It's believed that there's a mother and a daughter squatter living in the house, and there is no lease for these people. It's not known, are these people related to the people selling the house, or did they move in and squat after the people moved out of the house? It's just being disclosed that you're getting people with the house. Wow. So, it reads on here, I just want to see if I can find the sentence that said this, Nevertheless, within a week, the house was off the market. Listing agents told Fox affiliate in Washington, D.C. on Thursday that the property received five offers and was under contract for an amount that's a bit above the asking price. The listing real estate agent did not immediately respond to the insider's request for a comment. Cash offers only, no access to see the lower level, the listing agent said. Home sold as is only, with acknowledgement that the home will convey with a person or persons living in the lower level with no lease in place. Somebody bought this. Sight unseen. Don't know who the heck they've got living down there. Don't know if they have any ownership rights to the house. Don't know if they can be evicted. They might have squatters' rights. They might have ownership rights through squatters' rights. You realize if a person, there's such a thing as squatters' rights. And 
It's different probably in every state, I would guess, but basically it works this way. If you live there a certain period of time and pay the taxes on the property, uh, you can claim it. Now, there's different levels of ownership. You can claim that you have squatter's rights and they can't get, get you out without foreclosing on you. They can cl- you can claim that you own it and they can't foreclose on you. There's all kinds of different things that work into squatter's rights, and I don't have that presentation prepared for you today. I've done it in the past. But the bottom line is, why would anybody do this? My first thought of this is, it's just insane. Just insane. The second thought was, but what does it say about today's society? And I'm not going to say that it says people are insane. I'm going to say people are insane for real estate. Think about how valuable real estate is if you can sell this dog for more than list price, and list price is higher than what the uh, the actual value is, then you realize why you should be in real estate right now. I mean, my gosh, all cash offer, no inspections, squatters in the building, five offers, one at least above list price. That just boggles your mind, does it not? Now, maybe somebody who bought it knows that if they fix it up, because they didn't really bad repair, maybe they know if they fix it all up, maybe do some additions or modifications to it, maybe they can renovate it in a way to make it worth that upper-end million-dollar home. But it's only 3,500 square feet. It's not a very large home. I mean, it's large enough. But it's not a huge home. It's not something that seems like a million-dollar home unless you're in California. But sure enough, I guess Washington, D.C. is that expensive of an area. But, you know, what can I say? It says, listing photos which appeared to be unstaged showed empty bottles, broken bottles, cans in the kitchen, broken plant pot on the deck, exterior siding covered in green mold, and clothes and stained towels in the bathroom. There you go. Do what, do with that what you want to do with it. Because I really don't know what to do with it. The next email is about um, cash value policies. Guy writes me and says, do you know anything about high cash value insurance policies? I've heard from a lot of investors, mainly in real estate, that it's a great place to save your money. Now, that's interesting. I've heard from a lot of people that it's a bad thing to do. So, he's got an agent trying to sell him this policy. Let's get that picture clearly in mind. If you know all this already, then awesome. I know it works perfectly if you use it. But if not, I would recommend looking into it because it would help you reach the billionaire status. Now, my friend, this is not going to help anybody reach a billionaire status. This is basically a life insurance policy and a very, very expensive one at that. And I just wonder, how can you, first of all, say many? How many is many? And who are these people that if they, if they don't understand this this much, then how can they be out there giving advice? Because this really isn't a good deal. So, what is it, basically? Basically, you can buy life insurance, and you can buy term insurance, or you can buy a whole life policy. And if you buy term insurance, you pay as you go. Now, the beauty of term insurance is, is that you pay a very small amount of money for a very large payout, right? And in that, in that case, 
um, you get what you pay for. You're getting life insurance in case you need it. If you die, your family gets money, right? The ideal is, is to buy term, take the rest of the money you would have spent on a whole life insurance and invest it. And the argument by everybody out there, everybody, is you can do way better in almost any other investment, including the stock market and, of course, real estate, than you can by having your money sitting in a savings account, even if the savings account is 6%. Remember, inflation is 8.5% right now. So even if you had it in a 6% savings account, right, you're losing money. So you've got to be in something like capital gain stuff, like when real estate, if right now we're at 8% inflation, real estate's going up by 8.5%. It's inflated. Plus, it's got its cash flow, which pays whatever it is, 5, 6, 8, 10%. This savings account has no inflation protection whatsoever. And it's very, very expensive insurance. It's got the highest cost package out there. In fact, I'll read you just a few statements. The main argument against whole life insurance is its price. Whole life is considerably more expensive than similar term insurance. Another reason to avoid life, whole life, is the commitment if you end up not needing the coverage. So what does that mean? Well, that means that you have to pay whole life for the rest of your life to get the cash value of the property. Now, you can take that cash value out early, but if you don't pay the policy, you lose the insurance. But the cash value is that which you put in there anyway. So you're only getting your own money back. And you don't have insurance. It's over. You lose everything. In fact, if you close the policy out, you lose the cash value if you just stop making the payments. So if down the way you want to stop making the payments, you've paid this massive amount of money into this account, and then the insurance is gone. So it's a very ineffective way to buy insurance, and it's a very ineffective way to invest. Why? Because the money you put in there is not all going to savings. A very small portion of the money is going to savings, which is the very small portion you can get back. But all the rest of it is gone. Buying a term policy and investing the difference between it and the whole life policy in mutual funds or traditional investments like real estate would generate a far bigger return. Cash value life insurance also has more fees and charges than any other type of investments, including sales charges included by the agents, administration fees for maintaining the policy, mortality expense risk charges. In other words, because you may not live the entire term of the insurance policy, they discount the value of what you're paying in to give them a risk. Let me read it here. Upon issuance, the insurance company assumes the insured person will, assumes the insured person will live a certain age. This charge compensates the insurance company in case the insured person doesn't live as long as he assumes. So, in other words, they're insuring in case you die and don't pay your policy. And then cost of insurance. All of these expenses are coming out before you're building up your cash value. Next point. While cash value may seem convenient, your policy will not accumulate it for several years after you buy it. So, that guy saying 21 days you can get it is not true. You you cannot get it 21 days from now. Maybe you can get a dollar or two of it, but it builds up in your account over a period of time. 
From an investment standpoint, this can make the overall rate of return much lower. Next, traditional savings accounts also offer more flexibility. They enable you to start and stop your contribution anytime you want, regardless, and whatever you have contributed still continues to earn interest. So, if you don't want to make that payment on that insurance policy, that high payment on that insurance policy, you don't have to make it. You just don't pay that month on a savings account. It doesn't hurt you. But in this particular case, you stop paying that life insurance payment and you lose everything. You lose the insurance, you lose the cash value, you lose everything. So it's just not worth it. It's a bad investment. And I'm sad for this guy because he's so sold on it. Somebody's gotten a hold of him and you know, but he was at least smart enough to call me or send me an email and ask me my opinion because I took the time to look into it for the guy. I felt sorry the guy's getting taken advantage of by this insurance salesman. And remember, very, very high commissions on these products. Very high commissions. So this guy's getting taken advantage of. But when he says that real estate investors told him to do this, I don't know a real estate investor that would tell you to do this. I couldn't name you one. I got 50,000 clients. Not one of them are in this stuff. I guarantee you. It's just, I don't understand. Again, just like we said about the house, who does this stuff? For this, in this particular case, I understand why he does it. He's been sold. He's been sold a package and convinced that it works. But obviously, a lot of that convincing has come from the salesman who's telling him how this stuff works. He's mentally preparing him for buying this product. He's helping him get it, set it up and the whole bit. So, again, a little sorry for that. Um, got another one here. Said, uh, I'm anxious to get started and I'm trying to determine the best option to access funds to participate aggressively in real estate investing using uh, the Lifestyles platform. I'm struggling with deciding on what source I want to access as an investment source. I'm considering either equity in my home, equity in my home, or withdrawing a 401k. Right? He goes on later to say that he knows my answer is going to be do both. But what he's asking is, which one would you do first? So he's got home equity of about, uh, let's see what we say here. It says balance of the known. It's got home equity, home values 800,000. Notes 172. So let's just say there's about $600,000 worth of value there. And um, well, we'll take a short break and I'll get the rest of the story and we'll be right back and answer the question. What is Dale Wamsley, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, up to in today's market? I'm out there right now looking and buying everything I can get my hands on for a better deal. A better deal than what I could get it for a week before. And I'll just keep buying. I did that back in 2008. I bought a property worth $35,000 a door. I bought it for $26,000 a door. Next month or so, I bought the same age property and I bought it for like $19,000 a door. But by buying at 26, when they were getting killed from 35 down to 26, buying at 26, let the broker know I was a buyer in a downward spiraling market. And so from that point on, I bought three or four more. I can't remember exactly. I, mean, I think it was four more I bought from there. And the brokers were just bringing them to me. Go, look, you seem to be the only guy buying right now. 
Are you ready to take advantage of the wave of opportunity coming to those who know what they're doing? Join us for the free online workshop at lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. Welcome back. Now here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America one person at a time, Del Wamsley. Welcome back to the Del Wamsley Radio Show. Today we're hitting the mailbag and uh, I've got an email here where someone's asking me, is it better to take the money out of your home or out of your 401k? And I'm going to answer the question this way. I would take the money out of my home for a couple of reasons as the first one. One, interest rates are on the rise. So if you're going to refinance your house and pull the money out, I'd want to do it sooner than later. Um, secondly, this guy said his interest rate, if he were to refinance, would have to go from 3% up to 4.1, which is unfortunate. Maybe he can look at just getting a home equity loan and pull out the money over his initial mortgage, which is $172,000, and pull out the money from $172,000 up to whatever the maximum we can get out. And that gets tagged at 4.1, instead of the whole amount getting tagged at 4.1. Um, third thing to keep in mind about why this is a better idea is because interest inflation is now 8.5% as, as this show is being presented today. And if inflation is 8.5, 4.1 in interest means nothing, it means you're borrowing money at $4 at 4%, and it's, uh, you're paying it back with inflated dollars at 8%. So, the dollars you pay it back with are so watered down that you might as well borrow as much as you can borrow because it's going to be worth nothing. Dollars are going to be worth nothing in the future. So, borrow expensive dollars and pay back with cheap dollars has always been the thought process in the business world. The next thing is, in the 401k, he can get it out without paying the penalty. He's in his 50s, but there's a way, it's called a quadro, where you pull it out, and he can get it out without paying the penalty. By the way, if you don't know how to do that, Come to our seminar, and we'll teach you how to do that, too, but, or look it up and find out. But there are ways to get the money out of your 401k without paying the 10% penalty, even though you're not 59 and a half or whatever it is you have to be to not pay the penalty. Uh, but he can come back to that, and what I think is important is if he takes the first, what looks to be about $600,000 of equity in the house, and buys something that makes him some money, he then might be able to get enough tax deductions that pulling the 401k money out won't have as much of a burden, or he might even be able to quit his job, and if he quits his job, then his tax burden goes completely away and really brings down the burden of pulling the money out of the 401k. So, that's the way I would do it. I'd go with the house first. It's cheaper. It's easier, it's faster uh, than the 401k, and the 401k would be my second choice. But he's right. Ultimately, I'd get it all out of both of them, because it's just dead equity sitting there doing nothing. All right, next question. With rising interest rates, if someone bought a multifamily deal today, at today's rate, can they still refi two or three years down the line? and be able to take out the equity with the new loan, despite the rates going up? And the answer is, maybe, and maybe not. Why? Well, let's just look at a hypothetical, a bad hypothetical, okay? Let's say you go in there right now, and you can only borrow up to a debt coverage ratio of about 125%. So, you have to make 125% more than what the mortgage payments are. So, let's say you're borrowing off of, you're doing a million dollar deal and you're borrowing right now, let's say they'll lend you $800,000 because that's underneath your debt coverage ratio at a 
low three, three and a half percent interest rate he got in last year. I think now it's about four, four point one or whatever. And interest rates go up like they've been predicted to go up. They go up another two points. Now they're at six percent. And you get down the line, two or three years down the line, where you want to refi and pull your money back out, and you find that your debt coverage ratio is too low, and you can't pull out enough to get your equity out of the deal. They might let you refinance your loan up to a higher interest rate, which is really benevolent of them, right? I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't refinance up to a higher interest rate unless I had to. Uh, But they're not going to let you pull any capital out. So, with rising interest rates, it's very, I wouldn't say dangerous, but I would say very risky that you may not be able to refinance your money back out of a deal in two to three years. It just depends on how long this inflation goes. Because as long as the inflation continues, the Fed is going to raise the interest rates. That's all there is to it. They're just going to keep going up and up and up and up. Now, I've lived through it, and I remember in the Jimmy Carter years where they got the interest rates up to 12%. Literally, you bought a home. The first couple of houses I bought, the interest rates were 12%. And what happens is it just fries price values. It just fries the values, brings them down, because you can't sell anything. If you sell it too expensive, no one can afford to finance it. And then stuff gets bought, paid for cash by people who can get the money, and so cash becomes king, and they end up getting all the good deals. So, it really is risky at this time to believe that you're going to buy something two two to three years from now, refinance it back out again. Uh, Now, on the other hand, this is a country where things change rapidly. My point is, these are turbulent times. And I heard somebody say today, it was interesting, I was listening to somebody else's article, and they're saying, you don't want your money sitting in cash, uh, you don't want your money sitting in savings, and you don't want to loan people money. Why do you not want to loan people money? Because it's going to be worthless when you get it back. You don't want it sitting in cash, because that's basically lending it to the bank, and it's going to be worthless. In other words, if inflation's eight and a half, and the bank's paying you a half a percent, you're losing 8% of your money every single year. And there's some logic to that, okay? But you could see that this guy was poised to sell you something. I don't know what he's selling. I, uh, I really don't know what it was he was selling. I didn't look into who he was specifically. I just listened to somebody sent the article to me, and I listened to the podcast, or it was a video, YouTube video. And I could tell that the guy is telling you do something because he's afraid. He was probably a real estate broker or something. And he's saying, you don't want your money just sitting there. You got to do something. He might be, you know, a stockbroker. Who knows what he is? But he wants you to do something with your money as opposed to sit on your money. And he specifically made this point. You don't want to sit on your money as if you're waiting for there to be a crash so you could come in and clean up. Well, I have talked about this before in the past, and I would selectively disagree. I'm hanging on to more of my cash. And you say, well, why is that? Well, because I'm thinking there's going to be some lowering of costs as far as assets go. You're going to be able to buy some assets cheaper. Now, I've argued against this because every person I know out there that's an economist is arguing against it. That doesn't mean I don't succumb to the argument, though, that there may be a recession. And so, what I'm doing is I'm continuing to buy, dollar cost averaging myself into whatever is going to happen in the future here, but not as fast, because things are not going 
the way I want them to go. The government's not run the way I want it to be run. We're looking at possibly getting into a war I don't want to be in. And so I'm thinking, hmm, let's wait, because the Democrats' policies have already destroyed this country in just two years, year and a half, whatever he's been in there. And uh, you give them another two years, who knows what they can do. And uh, we all be the benefactors of that that have money. And if all you guys spend all your money, you don't have any money, and they destroy everything, you won't have the money to buy at the bottom. And that's why I say the guy's probably only half right. This next one says, I'm 25 years old. I'm a future real estate investor out of Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, I've taken the two-day. I'm saving up to get into a deal. I currently have $27,000. I'm saving around $1,250 a month on a $55,000 salary. It's very good. With a rapid rise in inflation and home values, I'm concerned that I will be priced out of the deal before I even have enough money to purchase one. I'm determined to get into the real estate, but I'm nervous about finding a property with the intense competition and inability to overbid for a property it seems needs to be done. Is there a value concern? Is this a valid concern? What advice do you have for someone like me, a young person who has relatively little capital to get started? P.S. Also, I just wanted to say thank you so much for all you've done. My dad just got his first check from a multifamily deal, and the level to which it's affected our family can't be expressed. We are now setting our family up for a generational wealth, and I can't tell you how much it means to us to have confidence going down this road. Thanks to Lifestyles, we wish you all the best. Well, the situation is, is at $27,000, you should be very close to being able to buy a piece of real estate. You're going to need to use a hard money lender, though, and you're going to need to have them work with you on buying something that's inexpensive, do the rehab, and then refinance it out. And all that said, you should be able to get down to a down payment uh, around $25,000. You know, a couple of years ago, we were buying with hard money lenders properties, nothing down, but they've gotten so expensive now. Even with the hard money lenders, we've got to put in 10, 15, 20, 25,000 dollars. So David Fisher, and that's who you took your class from, is telling people, you know, you need 25 to 30,000 dollars to do a deal. You got 27. I think you need to start looking into it. To be honest with you, I think you're ready to go. And if not, 1250 a month is not going to take long. As far as it getting out of hand, it's just going to keep going up forever. So don't worry about it. You're chasing. It's like a dog chasing a car down the street. If it ever caught it, it wouldn't know what to do with it afterwards. So just keep chasing it, saving that money, and get out there and get going. Good job. Let's see what the next one says here. It says, uh, this one says, Mr. Wombsley, I've been listening to you on the radio for some time now. I hear about your investments in multifamily real estate, and my wife and I are looking into, looking to start getting started. We have locations in mind, but not sure who we should reach out to first. What would be the best way to start? Sir, um, I guess this guy's name is Robert. Robert, you need to get started in our course. Just the way you ask the question is so open-ended, so undirected, it leads me to believe you have no idea what you're doing. You're listening to me on the radio, you're getting it, hey, that's a good idea, but my radio show is not an educational program in the degree that you need specific information to go out and do this stuff. So you really need to get started. You can get into our membership very inexpensively. We have specials all the time. Just go online to Lifestyles Unlimited, get in contact with them, tell them you know you want you want to learn how to do this, and at least take the entry level membership. 
and get started so you have at least the idea of what are the right questions to ask. Because from this question right here, I'm afraid for you that you're going to go out there and get wiped out. You, this question is so unspecific that, you know, what is the first thing I should do? It's just so unspecific. It shows that you're trying to, about ready to make a very, very, very big mistake to go out and do this stuff without education. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show, teaching you the opposite of everything you've been taught so you can obtain the results you've never obtained. Join us seven days a week. Can't get enough? Visit DellOnTheRadio.com to listen to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show, access past show podcasts, and join the conversation. The information and opinions you hear on the Del Wamsley Radio Show are those of the host, Del Wamsley, his guests, and his callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Del Wamsley Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Del Wamsley Show constitutes an endorsement, recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.